Good morning. Praise the Lord. It's good to see you out this morning on this beautiful Sunday morning. A little cool, but it's going to be nice this afternoon. A good day to get out and explore the colors of fall. Beautiful day the Lord has made. Amen. Amen. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it this morning. Hey, it's good to see you here. If you're a visitor, I know we we'll, here in a minute, you'll look around and see more people in here. We're, uh, they, several come in a little bit after church starts, but that's okay. We're going to go ahead and worship the Lord. But if you're a visitor, we're glad to have you here this morning. I'm glad you came to join us. We're glad to see you. Uh, we invite you just to join in and enter in with us as we worship the Lord and we celebrate Jesus this morning and all that he's done for us. Hey, get a bulletin, check it. There's some dates for Thanksgiving in there that you might want to keep up with, uh, the dinner and everything that's going on, going to be going on in a couple weeks. So be sure and grab a bulletin on your way out if you didn't get one on the way in so you'll have all that uh, and, and know what, what we're doing when we're doing it. But um, stand with me this morning. We're going to worship the Lord together, but let's just begin with the word of praise. David said, we talk about this in Youth Wednesday night, I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. I believe he was setting up a pattern for us as we enter into the presence of the Lord. We want to be in his holy of holies and we want to be in his presence. That's the pattern that he's given us to enter with thanksgiving and praise. Can we do that this morning? Can we just give praise and thanksgiving to our Lord? Lord, we love you this morning. Lord, we praise you this morning. We thank you for everything that you do for us. God, we give you glory for all that you do, Lord. Everything, the blessings that you give us, God, the, the, the answers to prayer. Lord, maybe we haven't even received yet, but we give you praise and thanksgiving for them right now. Just as Paul and Silas, Lord, was in that prison in the worst place of their life, Lord, they begin to cry out and praise and sing to you, Lord. And we do that this morning, God, and we know that you'll come and you'll move the earth for us. God, because you love us that much, and we glorify you this morning. We praise and exalt you this morning. We lift you up, God, because you're worthy of our praise, Lord. And we give you thanks for everything that you do, Lord, and we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. worship this morning. Father God, we thank you for the honor to come at your feet, God, and to praise your holy name, Lord. Father, just till our hearts this morning till we're ready for the word, God, till we're ready for what you're going to do in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes. The greatest day in history, death is beaten, you have rescued me, sing it out. The empty cross, the empty grave, life eternal, you have won the day, celebrate, Jesus is alive, oh he's alive.
that your presence is felt in this sanctuary this morning, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Father, you're moving this morning. What a privilege it is to be in the presence of God. to move.
down before you, Father. Healing, I feel the Holy Spirit all over this room this morning. Father, we just sing your praises in this place as we lift your name. God, we just don't want to get in front of ourselves. God, we want to give you room to move. I get the feeling, who am I that I could enter the throne room of God? Who am I that my worship would mean anything to him? And I guess Jesus has qualified us by allowing his blood to be poured out for our transgressions. And we're forgiven, we're made his children. And just like you love your children, you love fellowship with them, you love their trust. He loves it for us, from us. That's who you are. That's what qualifies us. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you, that you gave us a place in your throne room, in your very presence. Lord, yes, falling at your feet in worship is, is, the, is the delight of our heart because we have been accepted by you and welcomed by you and loved by you and, 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 and our every need tended to by you, Lord, our King. 
we worship you this morning. We worship you. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We're in awe of you, God. In awe of you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. You know, last Sunday I made a uh, quite a big deal out of the scripture, be anxious for nothing. It wasn't in the sermon, it was in the prayer time. And I just felt the Lord was challenging us to, to hear what he said instead of being anxious to give him our problem, to give him what was making us anxious. I, I was reminded numerous times this week of doing that. I wonder if you were too. Did, you, did something come up this week? Maybe I could even say it this way. Did something come up every single day of this week that made you, it tempted you to be anxious? It, it, it would bring, it, 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 it felt like it was, it was right to be anxious about that and you, were, and you were anxious, but did the Lord remind you not to be anxious, but to give him the crisis? Give him the need. Give him what's, give him the battle we were singing. The battle is his. Yeah, there'll, there'll be a part for us to do, but he's the one that's going to win it. He's the one that's going to give us the, the strength to endure it and get through the night. Amen. Amen. If you're, if you're in one of those anxious moments, even this morning, there's something in, the, in your heart you'd like to give to the Lord. Just like you have every day this week when the Lord brought it to you, let's take it to Him. And, and, this is, and I'd like to do it in an unusual way this morning. Instead of, instead of naming what we're anxious about, I'd like for us just the words to flow out of our lips that worship God and thank Him and honor Him and, and just, just worship Him in your own words that He's bigger than that problem and He's big enough to take care of it and that he, he's, he's given you the privilege of not being anxious. Just worship him. Just worship him. Lord, we just worship you right now. We worship you, Lord, that through every storm this week, through every battle this week, through every moment of stress and anxiety, God, you were the hair. We worship you. We worship you that you cared for us through every one of those, those valley times in our life, those stress moments, Lord, when, when life just seems to compress us. And, 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 and pull us and stress us, Lord. You are there and we worship you. We worship you that you're here right now. And we worship you that you're worthy of our trust and you're worthy of our praise and you're worthy of our confidence, Lord. And you, you are the one who give us the privilege to rest and, be, and, and, and to be re-strengthened and, and from the way we worn ourselves out in worry. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that, that you're God this moment and you'll be God the next moment and you'll be God forever Lord and you are worthy of our worship this morning you're worthy that we bring our love and adoration and thanksgiving to you Lord our worship and our thanksgiving our celebration Lord is for you and how good you are how wonderful you are how great you are how mighty how loving you are Lord, how careful you are to listen to us. Know us. You know us better than we know ourselves. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. You're deserving. You're worthy. Yes, Lord, you are worthy. In Jesus' name.
Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Lord. can the Lord count on to stand up and say I'll be a warrior I'll join you I'll be one of those warriors you want me to be I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to everybody with your love I'll reach out I'll be a bold warrior mm. wow I think of David the king in the Old Testament. He fought a lot of battles. And the scripture uh, talks about the mighty, David's mighty men. They were the ones who, who fought those battles that made, he got all the credit for being the victorious king. But it was, it was through the, the battles that, that they gave their everything to go out and, and accomplish. We're, we're those mighty men that can do this and for the same reason they did, they, they did it for their king. They did it because they had confidence in David. They, he had gathered some, these were kind of cast offs when they first came to him, but 
they loved him and they got around him and God equipped them and they won battles together. It was really God that won the battles, wasn't it? It wasn't David or the warriors. It was God who defeated the enemies. And I guess that's what God recruited us to do for our king this morning. Are you willing, are you willing to say, Lord, I, I, I don't see myself as being all that much help to you, but I'm, I'm willing to step into the battle with you and let you put a, put a coat of armor on me and let you anoint me and enable me and do something extraordinary for my king, with my king. Lord, we'll trust you for the victory, but we'll step into the middle of the battle. We'll step onto the battlefield. We'll, we'll face, Lord, the, the, the task that you send us to do, the task of, uh, of taking the gospel out to, to people that are, that, are, that are desperately needing of, of being delivered and set free from from what has blinded their lives. Lord, we, we enter the battle with you because of our love for our king, because of, of, the, of, of you said you'd win the battle through us if we'd, if we'd join you in the battle, Lord. And we, we commit ourselves this morning in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I can see that I, I feel like that was a, 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 a gift of the Spirit in operation in the church because there was a message in tongues and interpretation and I have a sermon written with notes that says almost the same thing. And uh, yes. that's pretty phenomenal. Uh, and, uh, uh, but let's, let's worship the Lord with the giving of our tithes and offering this morning right now. Would you come, gentlemen, and <clears throat> praise the Lord. Man, it's good, yes. Oh, Lord, it's, it's good to be a, a part of what your kingdom is on the earth to accomplish. And, and Lord, we just worship you with our giving this morning. We give ourselves along with our offering. We say, use us, Lord. Use what we bring. And Lord, accomplish your mighty purpose. Dispel the darkness in our world. There's so much of it. So many people that need to be saved. God, we, we commit ourselves and this offering for your church to be strengthened in Jesus' name. And no lack, that nothing, there would never be any, any lack in this church. We pray that any, everything you ever want us to accomplish, the, the financial backing would be there but because you've nurtured in us a giving heart and, and our trust in you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. Thank you, musicians. Um, a prayer for a pastor. A prayer for the next pastor. Amen. A prayer for God to guide the, the search committee, the team that's making all those decisions and bringing a candidate before you. And a, and a prayer for, for God to lead you 
each of you as, as you are part, as a member of the church, of selecting this person is God's will for leading our church. And God, we just believe this is going to be so much in your will that it'll be evident that it was in your will by the, by the blessing uh, that this church is able to be to this community because God brought, brought the right person here to lead. Makes all the difference who the leader is. Makes all the difference. It makes all the difference if the leader is being led by the, by the, the Spirit of God and, and the church is united as one and, and, and we're, we're all about fulfilling the vision that God cast us through our leaders. So I'd, li I'd like to ask you to stand for this, this prayer. We've prayed a lot of these. I don't know if it's been six, eight, 10, 12 weeks, I don't know, whatever it's been, but until, until there's a pastor standing before you, we're going to keep believing that God has a will in this and there's nothing else but that will that we're going to see. Amen. Lord, we unite ourselves in prayer in the name of Jesus. That's your will, your will for the next pastor of this church. Lord, will be what we see, that we'll, we'll see and know, Lord, your will so clearly, and we'll, we'll be so much in unity together in your will that, that we'll experience one of the mightiest uh, periods of, of ministry for this, that this church has ever experienced in its past. And Lord, that you'll take us into the future with a, a greater strength than, than we could have ever had than anything except your will leading us, Lord. We pray that you'll, you'll anoint that special person, Lord, and you'll anoint us to be united together with that special person that you've sent us, Lord, that we'll be one, one family, one church, one, one people that are, that are following the will and purpose and plan of God. I pray for every single person in here, Lord, that there any apprehension, any anxiety, any worry about this, any undecidedness, Lord, that the Spirit of the Lord just works on that and brings us all together in the name of Jesus so we know and do your wonderful, wonderful will. We pray in Jesus' amazing name. Everybody said amen. 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 You can be seated. The Lord bless you. Thanks for standing with me on that. And thanks for praying it with me, not just on Sunday, but all through the week. Over and over. And I know that's what you've been doing. God answers prayer. Praise the Lord. God answers prayer. I can't give you any, any, any news other than what the pulpit committee has uh, shared with you last week, uh, and that's not what I'm here for, here to do, but I'm just saying that, because I've, I've been asked a couple times on the way in, but just give all your curiosity to God. Say, so you know what's going on. I'm trusting you, trusting you, trusting you, trusting. That's what the people who are leading uh, you are doing, and, and we're, we're doing that together, and we're in good hands to trust Him. Amen? Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20 are, are the are the words of Jesus' great commission. And the interpretation to the message in tongues was talking about the very thing that Jesus commissioned His church to do in these verses. Um, I'm glad that, that the Lord recorded this. I'm glad that the Lord uh, said it like He said it in a way that we can all understand it. Matthew 28, I'm reading the New Living Translation, verse 18. Jesus came and told His disciples. Now, this is post-resurrection Jesus. This is uh, about to ascend back to heaven Jesus. And He's given his, his church marching orders. He's given us instructions. He gives us 
clear instructions, what it, what it is he's, in, he's calling on us to do in the future, what the church is coming together to accomplish. And here it is. I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. That's a pretty big statement. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. These are your words, Lord. Your words to the church 2,000 years ago, and it's been your instruction to the church ever since. Thank you for empowering your church to do what you just, what we just read that you told us to do. And I pray, Lord, that we won't get excited about anything as much as we get excited about you fulfilling this promise, this commission, this with the authority that you gave it. Lord, I pray you'll speak it into us this morning personally. In Jesus' name, amen. I was a, a teenager when uh, one night I, I was probably... I don't know, I'm not 17, maybe 16, 17, 18, one, somewhere in there. It was just before, I had, I had wrestled with a call that I was called to the, to the ministry. And uh, I, so I'd, I say I wrestled with it. I, I felt like that's what the Lord was doing, but it had gone on for a couple of years at this point. And, uh, and I remember sitting on the couch in the living room by myself and, uh, over at Hilton. And I remember praying, I want, I want you to tell me in a way that I know that you've called me into the ministry. I, I, I need you to tell me in a way that, that I will never question, that, that I, will, I will never ever question. That I, I'll, I'll be so convinced that you told me, you made it so clear that I'll know that I, I, that's what I'm supposed to give my life to. And I, I, I went on and on with Mike straight, and finally I let him talk. Because <laughs> my expectation in that moment was that somewhere in the next two weeks or two months or, you know, when, when timing would be his, when, when, would, he, when would something happen, when, when would I, I, when, how would this be answered? But I, I intended to keep praying that prayer, but I, only, I prayed it that one time just as sincerely as I could. And then I just sat there listening to him, just, just sat there in his presence, thinking about what I said. And there was my dad's Bible laying on the table in front of me. So I picked up the Bible and I hadn't been to Bible college. I didn't know how to look at, I didn't know how to look up scriptures. Really, I, I probably knew how, how to go to, I'm not sure I even know, knew where to go to find, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, but there, I knew it was in there. And, and some other scriptures, John 3:16. I probably knew that one. But I picked up my Bible and I just opened it up and I started reading. And the words that I just got through read, reading to you are the ones that, the first verses that I read in the scripture. And that seemed more than a confident coincidence to me. I think the Lord answered my prayer within minutes of when I asked it. I have never questioned that that's, that it was the Lord that now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose you, I wouldn't challenge you to do your future by, Lord, here, this is what I'll do. No one can catch off guard, put a ring in his nose and lead it away. Well, that, that's a different verse. That was in Job, the 40th chapter there. 
I'm glad I didn't get my marching orders by doing just that, but I'm glad that I got my marching orders for life, for the call to ministry by the Lord turning me to the right page and putting my eyes on the right words. And I read those three verses, those four verses that I just read you. And, and I, I, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, the Lord had already answered my prayer. I knew that's where I was to go. That's what I was to, that's what he was going to lead me into doing. And that was, that was the beginning of a, of a lot of things, a chain of events that, that the Lord uh, did in fulfilling what he called me to do. But I just, I can't tell you how important these five statements are that I, re, I read you in that, uh, those words of Jesus. There, there are five statements there that need to get inside every one of us because we're all Christians. Yes, I was called to full-time ministry. Not everybody's called to spend your life leading the church or doing some kind of full-time ministry like that. Uh, but we're all called, as you heard in the interpretation of the message in tongues this morning, we're all called to enter in to, to fulfilling His purpose in the earth today, and that is to get the, the news, the good news, to the lost and to make disciples, to teach people what, what Jesus said, what we've learned that He said. Th these five statements here, uh, the, the ones that I'm telling you, is the first one is that he's, been, he's saying this in the authority that He's been given. I don't think God was, Jesus is the kind of person who would boast about His authority. I don't think He'd be infatuated with, uh, you know, and, and inflated with with pride because he'd been given some authority. I believe he would see it as heavenly responsibility. God has authorized me to tell you, the church, what to do. God has given me authority to tell you what I'm about to tell you to do. So don't ever need authority from anybody else because you got it from the very top when God gave me all authority over heaven and earth and everything that's in it. So don't, don't question the authority that Jesus had to tell you this. That's the first statement. The second statement is, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's a big, big, big task. And, and, then, and, and then baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and, and, and teach them to obey. That's the, the fourth of those things that he said. Teach them to obey all these commands that I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always. The, the King James says, lo, I am with you always. And that word lo, it, it, it could be replaced most of the time. That Greek word is translated behold or, or be aware of this, see this, know this. I am with you always. When is he going to be with you? When, when you're fulfilling this great commission. When you're going into the, into the assignment that he's given you, you, you are assured you're not going into it alone. He's going with you. He's empowered us with the Holy Spirit to go into that, into that effort with us. So I, my, my words to you this morning is just like uh, he expected me to believe when he called me into the ministry that I could, that he could use me, that I, I could be used in, in this, in the way of, of getting the gospel out to the entire world. I, I could be a part of that. So can you. And, and I titled this message, You Can. There are way too many people in our churches today, too many people who call, call Christ their Savior, who say that I just can't, I don't, I don't know how to, to, to witness, I don't know how to share Christ's love with anybody else. There's way too many people. The enemy's hiding from you the potential that you have for, for coming out of that I can't and getting into an I can mode and God can use you to reach people. There are a lot of people on this earth just like you that you're the best person in the world to reach them. 
You're, you're the person they would trust. You're the person that, that can show them a, a personal care and concern for, for uh, issues in their life. And, and they know you really care. They know you're really genuine. And they would listen to your words. And you're, you're the best one to lead a lot of people that you know in your life. I don't think the Lord calls every one of us to go out and, and be a, uh, a passing out tracks, see, seeing if we can win 20 people a day to the Lord. I believe there are people that I have the capability of doing that. They have, well, we, we've seen how Jim, uh, 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 Reinhard Bonnke and, uh, and uh, Billy Graham's got a name I was trying to say, have, filled, have had actually hundreds of thousands of people at one time and, and, and tens of thousands of people getting saved in their meetings. God calls certain people to that, but He calls all of us all of us to be committed to this great commission as if it was an instruction given straight to us individually. Every one of his children, every one of us. And you can start, start telling the devil he's a liar when he tells you you can't. And, and start agreeing with God that you can because you're, you're the same reason that you're qualified to, to uh, worship Him, to come into his, in his throne room and worship Him because Jesus spilled His blood for us and, and he, paid, he paid for our, our salvation. And he qualified us to go into the throne room of God and He qualified us to go out and represent Him to somebody else and say, you know what? I, I'm not the most religious person in the world and, and I'm certainly, I don't, I don't consider myself uh, uh, an authority on, on, on the Bible, but I can tell you this, like the one guy said, he said, I was blind and now I see. I've got a story of what my life was like before I opened my heart to Christ. And I've got another story about what my life looks like after I opened my heart to Christ and I welcomed Him to come in. And I can tell you, He's been for me a faithful Savior. He's been for me a wonderful, wonderful friend that, that, I, that, that will wrap me in His arms and He will hold me and He will carry me through my struggles. He'll walk me through the storms. I've learned to trust in Him. I've learned to depend on Him. It's a lot more than just going to church for me. It's a lot more than, than doing religious duties. It's walking with the King. It's walking in a personal relationship with God. And, I, 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 and, and since I've opened my heart to the Lord, this is all your testimony. Since I've opened my heart to the Lord, I'm not worried about dying. It's not that I'm not, I'm not thinking I'm ever going to die. I think I am going to die sometime, but I don't have to worry about it because the Lord has that just like He has everything in my life, all in the palm of His hand, and I don't have to worry about it at all. I know where I'm going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in His house with Him forever. That's the way the psalmist said it. I can't think of a better way to say it. David concluded Psalm 23, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Woo, what a... What a future to look forward to. Amen? Amen. But I've got a little bit of heaven right here on earth because I've got a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus as my Savior. Um, he said, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Why did he say, teach them to obey? Why, why did he do that? Why didn't he just say, this is the, how I kind of, I wonder if, if a, the way things are right now in, in the world, it looks like he, he might, maybe, maybe we would have phrased it this way instead of him saying, he, he didn't phrase it this way. I don't think he thought about phrasing it this way, but I think this is the way humans would phrase it, that he would say, uh, well, get the good news of forgiveness and grace out there 
and then and tell, tell as many people as you can about his forgiveness and his grace. And, and that's all you have really have time for because you need to move on to the next one right after they accept the Lord's forgiveness. We, we kind of look at salvation wrong. We think of it as something that, well, that it, it happens in that moment. You, you prayed with somebody and you received Christ as your Savior and done. You're, you, you, I'll, I'll count you as one. We'll go on to the, and, and seek the next person. That's not, that, that's why the Lord put the statement in there, teach them to obey all these things I've commanded of you. Why would he do that? Why, why would he tell us to take the time to teach those people that we, that we've, we've given our testimony to and really whoever led us, why, why did he tell them to teach, to teach us what, all the things that teach them to obey, teach me to obey, teach them to obey. Uh, uh, all these things that I've commanded. Why does he do that? I, I think, uh, now understand I'm talking about this in comparison to, instead of saying, you know, get the good news of forgiveness and then go on to the next person. Baptize them and then go on to the next person. That, why, why did he, he didn't say that because, here's the here's reason, because he's a loving father. And loving fathers really care about what happens to their children. And yes, he does want them to pray that prayer and receive his forgiveness. But that's a very, uh, that's, that's, the, that, that's the tee off of your experience. I'm a golfer. That's the tee off of your experience with the Lord. That, that's the beginning place. When, really, the beginning place was when the Holy Spirit began to convict you and draw you and, and, and just tell you how much he loves you and, and build some trust in you and, and convince you to, to pray, lead you in praying that prayer. But, but he, it, that's just the beginning place. He, uh, as a loving father, he knows he's got a lot of things that, that are going to happen in your life. They're going to make your life richer and better. He, you're going to grow a relationship with him that just makes your life so much more fulfilling and, and so much better. So he included not just, you know, go out there and, and teach them the, the message of forgiveness and grace. That, that, that's really all a lot of people want, just the message of forgiveness and grace. But the Lord wants so much more for them. So he commissioned us to teach them to obey all these things. All these things I've commanded you because uh, our Heavenly Father uh, wants, them to, wants us to experience the blessing when we, when we begin to do the things He taught us to do. Uh, uh, is, is the Father, is, is the Lord really a uh, worthy leader? Is He... Should we really heed what he commanded, what, what he told us to do? Uh, are we, are we, are, are, his, are his commandments right or are they wrong? I think everybody would agree to those, those three questions that, yes, his commandments are right. Yes, he is a worthy uh, giver of commands. He, he is a, he's a, he, as a loving father, he would not command us. He doesn't command us to do something that, that it's not going to be good for us to do. He's just not. He, he, everything he tells you to do, it's the best thing. That's the way a father is. He wants the best and the most for his kids. That's what a father wants. That's what a father desires. And that's the way God is. We were not created to live however far from His will we choose to live. Can I say that again? We, we were not created to live however far from His will that we choose to live. He, he realizes what you're giving up if you're not living close 
to His will. If you're not living in His will, everything that you're not experiencing in His will, you, you forfeited something better than what, you, what you've gotten. And that's why the Lord said, teach them to obey all these things. Teach them to be my disciples. Uh, the entire Bible teaches the truth that, that His will is the highest and His will is the best. It shows us example after example of people. I mean, what, what was happening in Samson's life? God had His hand on Samson. There was something good. But Samson kept going as far, as, far from his will as he, he could find a way. And, and uh, yeah, he ended up getting used in the end of his life. But boy, he forfeited a whole lot of what God wanted to do through his life by his, by his, just, his, being, his squandering of, of the opportunity to live and experience the will and purpose of God for his entire life. Uh, when we understand why he wants everybody to, taught, to be taught to obey, then that will, will get inside us. Something will be inside me that, that, that wants them to benefit from, from knowing every one of his commands. The, the Galatians the chapter 5 verse 23, uh, it tells you the, the fruit of the Spirit. It, uh, it tells you that the fruit of the Spirit are what, what the, the Spirit of God working in your heart, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Say it with me. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. That just lists nine of the fruits. There's probably more. But there is no law against these things. That's what it says. There is no law. That, Nobody, no, no, have you ever heard of a country or a, a, a civil authority that outlawed love, outlawed joy and peace? I mean, why, why wouldn't we all want as much of that in our community as we can get? All these things. And those are the things that are the fruit of knowing the commands of the Lord and living in the commands of the Lord. That's why he wants us to be a church who, as attentive, not, don't just get them saved. Don't just get them to pray the prayer of forgiveness. A few Sundays ago, there were three individuals in this service, and I've prayed for you a lot since then. There was a, a, a young boy over here on this, in this section over here. There was a, a little older boy in this section right here, about halfway back, that, that raised uh, during, during the invitation. And, and there was a man that back in the center that raised, raised his hands. I, I didn't know. I, don't, I, don't, I wasn't the... I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I didn't benefit from having, being able to go to them and talk to them and pray with them personally. But, you know, the Lord would have us to care about them and make sure that everything that began in their life is continuing day after day. Because the enemy tries to come in and steal that seed from, uh, from those two boys. The, the enemy would like to come in and, that, and from that man and anybody else who gives their heart to the Lord and receives. The, the enemy is going to try to steal that seed from you before you get his commands in your heart and his instructions and his, and his spirit anointing upon your life so that you can begin to experience love and joy and peace and gentleness and kindness and all those things. Self-control. Lord, I need, I want, to, I want to have something governing my life so that I'm not controlled by my uh, carnal flesh. And I'm constantly leaping, re, reaping the, uh, the consequences of that. Uh, I heard of a mom who prayed for her children. Mar Marcia told me about this. She read it. She said this, this was the mom's prayer. God, show them your path so they can be spared from the consequences of doing what is not God's will. Show them your path, Lord. And we pray that not just for our children, but for everybody who's, who's becoming a child of God. Everybody that we can lead into a relationship with God. 
That, that, that's what the Lord's teaching us in, in the Great Commission. Um, people want to do what, what they want to do, even if it's contrary to what God wants. That's just the nature of human people. And, and, that, and then they say, uh, a, a, a lot of what's going on today is, I'm covered by His grace. I'm covered by His mercy. But the Lord wants you, to, wants you to love and appreciate and value His wonderful grace and His wonderful mercy. But, but the truth is, if, if you think God doesn't care about what you want to do, you may be your own God. That, that's somebody that would, that, that would be just taking the, taking the place of God for themselves to say, God doesn't care what I do because I, I, His mercy and His grace covers whatever I do. That, that's just a lie from the pit of hell to trick you out of doing the way, living life the way God wants you to live and, and filling your life with, with the consequences of, uh, of, your, uh, of your reckless life that you, you, think, you think God has just given you liberty to do that. God loves you too much to give you liberty to go live in sin. He loves you too much. And, and as a father tries to protect his children and, and from, from making those mistakes, God is a million times more committed to that than for every one of us. And He wants to teach us His ways that are higher and better and that protect us from the enemy. Don't ever believe, don't ever believe that God doesn't care what you do with your life. Don't ever dismiss something the Holy Spirit brings a little conviction or a lot of conviction to your heart about. Don't agree with Him and say, Lord, this, this conviction you brought on me is very uncomfortable, but I thank you for it. And I thank you for pulling me away and break those ties, break that, that, that addiction, break that pull of the world, break that, that lie from the enemy from ever getting in my life. Thank you for caring about me and wanting to rescue me. In other words, respond with Him. Not, not dismissing him. Amen? You see what I'm saying and why I'm saying it? Anybody get to say amen to that? Amen. And why I'm saying it? Is it relevant in our world today or not? Um, what are those commands that we are taught to teach others to obey? I'll just list a few, and you, you, you could do the same. One we talked about last Sunday night was Love God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength and your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. He said, in fact, if you, if you do these, this is, this is, out of these come all the law and all the prophets. Everything I expect of you is going to be, it's going to be happening regularly once you love God with all your heart. You displace anything else that, had, that you loved more than you loved God. You, you, you make that move out of the way and give that place to God because He owns that place of being loved more than anything else. And then He tells us as His, as His children to love others, to love and treat others as you'd want them to love and treat you. Wow, that's a powerful statement. Uh, forgive as you've been forgiven, He says. Forgive as you've been forgiven. So when next time you're rationalizing and saying, you know, I really, I, I don't, I shouldn't have to forgive them. This was, this was really, this was really terrible what they did to me. And, and you start, start becoming the victim and, and you're missing the whole point. God wants you to remember that he forgave you and he's trying to heal you of, 
of the bitterness that's going to set in your soul and the, and the anger that's going to get control of you as, as you feed this, this poison that, you're, that you swallowed. And uh, God, God's trying to set you free by telling you, forgive just like you've been forgiven. I, he said, let me be the example. I forgave you, didn't I? Didn't I wash that sin away? Did, you, did I make you do something to deserve it and to earn it? All you did was ask me, and, and I, I took all of it on me at the cross so that I could forgive you. And he's telling us to teach them to do the same thing. Teach every one of the new converts. And of course, just like we've, you know, you know somebody had to teach us this. I'm glad that, that they didn't just get me the gospel and, and then uh, not give me any more teaching. I'm glad that, that somebody took the role of teaching me to, to obey these commands that he has given us. I'm, I'm thankful for every single sermon I heard, every single friend who, who shared with me along the way, because that relationship with God was fortified in my heart by learning those things that He commanded, and learning how good He is and how perfect He is in all of His wants and desires for me. I've learned to trust Him. Um, lose your life for my sake. Jesus said it over and over again. If, if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you'll lose your life for my sake, you'll find it yet again. You're really not losing it when you spend your life on what the Lord wants. There's a million illustrations of that. And the Lord would like to, to convince every one of us that it's really, it's really the right choice to make, to lose your life, to, to, to instead of, well, he's just saying, instead of you being your God, let me be your God. And let me, let me show you how your life can very best be lived. And, and, and you, you'll be the one who benefits just as much as all the other people who are blessed through what God does in your life. He said, I'll make you fishers of men. That's one of the things he told us to do. He commanded us to be fishers of men. That's what the Great Commission is all about, is to be involved in, in, in sharing the gospel uh, with, with people until we die. As long as we're in this earth, we have the opportunity to change where somebody's going to spend eternity. And, and He wants us to care enough just to, to have spiritual conversations with them. I mean, they trust you. They, they you know, people that are in, in conversation with you about the weather and about, about uh, you know, politics or whatever else, that if you'll just do it in a loving, caring way, say, hey, I'd love to talk to you about Jesus. I love to talk about Jesus, and I, I'd enjoy having a conversation with you about Jesus, too. And, and if you, if you, you know, anywhere, just let the Lord give you some words that just begin a conversation, and it, it, will, it will change uh, somebody's life if you'll, if you'll learn to get comfortable doing what the Lord said. That's the way it is with everything the Lord tells you to do. you, you got to get comfortable doing it the way He told you to do it. But it's going to work so much better than the other way. Than, than any other way, if you'll just let him, if you'll trust him and let him lead you into a life that fulfills all that he told us to do. Um, he told us not to worry, amen. He, he told us to live repentant and repentant lives, to turn from our sin and to and to pray, and, and so many more things. Uh, he told us to believe he is who he said he is. He, he asked the disciples, "Who do you say I am?" And when, they, when, when the Holy Spirit enabled Peter to say, he, he wanted them to know that, that to, to accept and receive that, yes, you are, you are Jesus, you're the Messiah, the, the chosen one of God, you're sent to the world to be the Savior of the world. And uh, 
His name, God's given him a name above every name. I mean, everything the Bible says about Jesus, that's what he, he wants us to believe who, that who he said he is. Believe it, it's totally true that he has all authority in heaven and earth and that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. He wants you to believe that he, he wants, he commands us that, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one, no one comes to the Father but by me. Wow. That, that's, and, and one more. He, Jesus said in John 14, you believe in me, believe in God, believe also in me. He that believes in me, though you were dead, yet shall you live. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, he commands us to be baptized in water in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. To make a public, he just said make a public confession of, of your uh, of your turning from sin and your allegiance to Jesus. Uh, you're identifying with Him. You've got a, a relationship with Him. And he, and he tells us, don't be ashamed of me. Don't be ashamed of me before men. If you're ashamed of me before men, then the angels, I'll be ashamed of you in front of the Father and the angels. Uh, and that, that's, that's really strong, strong language, but it's just warning us, don't, don't be ashamed of who Jesus is. I mean, we, we sang songs about him being the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and, and we, we, we magnify him in worship. Yes, that is exactly who he is. And we should never, ever be ashamed to uh, identify with him. And water baptism is one of, the, one of the, the, the initial ways after you've come to Christ that he expects you to, to submit to water baptism, to be immersed and, and like uh, representing his, you're dead and, and buried with Christ, and then you rise in newness of a newness of life, uh, just as his resurrection uh, provided for every one of us who identify with him in, in his crucifixion. Mm. I, I just I want to I want to conclude with this these thoughts about our commission is to go into all the world and make disciples. And, and to teach them all those things that he commanded. And we, we just need to commit ourselves to that totally. Let, let's, let's let that be what ignites our life with enthusiasm and fire. Let, let's, I mean, you may be a Christian who's been a Christian for 20 years and you've never ever talked to somebody else about the Lord. But I want you to be included in in, in, in realizing that God intended you to be experiencing blessings as you have conversations with others who don't know Jesus like you know Jesus. And they need somebody who knows Jesus to talk about Jesus and answer some of their questions about Jesus. Show them a few things that you've learned about Him in Scripture. Show, show Him the things that you love. Show them the things that you love about Him. Men, you're really good at leading other men. They, other men uh, learn from, from men and women learn from other women. And, uh, you know, you're not having the chance to learn from a woman this morning. You're learning from me. But how many of you women could be an influence on some other woman, could have a conversation with, on, a, on a different level than this? And, and you could be doing, sowing some really wonderful seeds of joy and, 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 and uh, all those things that were in the, the fruit of the Spirit into somebody's life because you're introducing him, uh, them to, to somebody who loves them more than anybody else in the whole universe has ever loved them. Nobody's loved them enough to lay down his life for them except Jesus. I, I want you to believe you can. I, I want us to take communion this morning and, and think of the people who aren't taking communion. Maybe I've, I'm probably 
taken communion with, uh, with people who've taken communion for 40 years or 60 years or, or 20 years. Or, you know, I, in other words, they, this, is, this is customary. You do this and, and you appreciate the, the opportunity to, to put that which represents his broken body, the bread that represents his broken body to your lips. You, you know how to do it. You've experienced doing it with, with feeling and with meaning. And, and it just, it, it, it's your relationship with God that you're celebrating. You're remembering what he did so you can become his child. But what about the, the, the thousands of people who are, are around us that are never experiencing that joy of communion? Wouldn't it be wonderful if they, if, if they could find their way to a communion uh, experience where, where they could commune with the Lord and they could know the joy of having His, His blood wash their sins and their name is written in glory and, and they have the peace of God that passes understanding. That's what God desires. That's why there was a message in tongues. That's why there was an interpretation about this and God gave me and put, put me to, had me ready to prepare uh, to talk to you about a sermon about it tonight because today so that you could experience what, what every single believer gets to experience, you are qualified. You, you, have, you have what it takes. You're bold enough. You're courageous enough. You, you, you say, now you're talking to me like Gideon. Gideon was hiding down there, and, and God called him a, a mighty warrior. And he, whoa, yeah, yeah. I guess that, I, well, I, that doesn't agree with the same way I feel. It may not agree with you, but I'm calling it out in you because you're just as good, just as able to talk to somebody about the Lord as I am. We're all, all capable of doing it if, if, if we just become convinced we're not going to let the devil steal it from us. We're going to let God do it through us because remember who won the battle? It's the battle is the Lord's. God's the one doing it. We won't take the credit for it when somebody comes to the Lord. We didn't save them. I've prayed for people who have experienced amazing healings, but I didn't heal them. God did. All I was doing is my part of just praying a prayer of faith. All I was doing was my part, just, just extending an invitation. And I wonder how many people have never been invited. Did you know you could accept Jesus as your personal Savior just by saying, Lord, would you be my Savior? Lord, I need a Savior. I've sinned. I, I got a life full of sin, but I don't want to die in my sin. I want a Savior. And I, I believe that you welcome me as, as, as my, you, you'd be my Savior. You welcome me to trust in you and, and become your child. You know, I, I kind of scrambled it up there and you will too. I, I don't know that I've ever said it the same way two times, but I, this is the truth. God will use weak instrumentality. He doesn't have to have an expert. He doesn't have to have uh, somebody that's, uh, that's never going to mistake a word. He, he, in fact, if he did, he probably wouldn't have anybody he could use. I, I read this deal. I got a book by David Wilkes, and it's kind of an autobiography, but the um, guy who wrote the preface in front of it was saying that he was walking with David Wilkes into a, to a uh, deal they were doing in the park. David was going to be the speaker in, in New York in a park, and and David uh, laughed and he said he had a funny feeling. He said, you know, someday somebody's going to tell, I'm going to die and somebody's going to write a book about me and they're going to tell me, that they're going to say in there that I'm, a, I'm this spiritual person who never fights with sin. He said, that's the craziest thing in the world. This is David Wilkerson talking. And he said, I, he felt like weak instrumentality too. But did God use him? Boy, God did use him. 
David, Billy Graham fe felt like weak instrumentality too. And the devil's just trying to squash your, any hopes that you could have, that you could ever be used to, to, to share the gospel with somebody else and, and further the mission that, that he gave us in the Great Commission. He, 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 wants to, he wants to make you think anybody else could fulfill the Great Commission, but not you. No, you, you've just got to keep your mouth closed because you'll do the kingdom more good just by keeping your mouth closed. The devil would love to get me to believe that and you to believe that, but it's a lie. Every one of us can be used of God. All we have to do is be willing. All we have to be willing is, is willing to talk about Jesus. Just talk about Jesus. You talk about everything else, let's talk about Jesus. Let's have a lot of talks about Jesus. Let's, let's talk about Jesus every time we're together. Not the whole conversation, but, but let's, let, let's not, not exclude it from every conversation. Amen? Make sense to you? And as we take communion, what I want you to do is to take communion with the, with the eye, with, with one of your eyes on the people who never take communion because they've never been invited to the table. The meal was prepared for them. The body was broken for them. The blood was shed for them. The Holy Spirit was sent to reach them and to do it through the the ones who are already taking communion, they're already in relationship with God. Would you, would you consider them as you're taking communion this morning? And I, I, know, I know that the Lord, I, I'm asking you to have two things on your mind. And I don't think the Lord would mind at all sharing part of your mind this morning as you're taking communion, not just remembering Him and celebrating what He did for you, but you're, you're you're considering with compassion as he has. He's not willing that any would perish. He's not willing that any, nobody's bad enough that he says, not you. He spilled his blood for them too. Amen. He wants everybody, not any, he's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. All would have a Christian friend who says, man, I really care about you. Man, sister, I really care about you. No, I don't, know, I don't know the language you'll use, but the Lord knows the language you'll use. Would you just let the Lord convince you as you're taking communion that part of what He did in you when He saved you was that He empowered you to be His spokesman and let His love flow through you. It's through His children that, that He's going to accomplish getting the message into the nations, into your neighbors into your family. You can. You can. You can. I want you to become convinced as you're taking communion. You can. You can. With the men who are distributing the elements of communion, go ahead and, and serve everyone, please. There's, there's a single in every one. There there are two cups. The bread is in the bottom cup and the juice is in the top cup. Amen. After you've received, every, everybody that wants to take communion with us, please take the elements as they're offered to you and hold on to them and we'll partake of them together in just a moment. After we pray. Go, no, I'm, go ahead and serve everybody, but... I, I will, we'll, we'll partake together after we pray.
Julie, would you come up here? If you want, you can bring you can bring some other singers if you'd like, but I have a feeling the Lord's going to want us to sing. If there's a song that comes to your mind about love, about how much God loves us, about how much He loves the whole world. The, the most popular verse in the Bible starts with those words. For God so loved the world. Man, He does. He loves, he loves the whole world. I, I heard um, a person delineate the, how wealthy people in the United States are compared to families in other, other parts of the world. They, they told what the average income was for a family in the United States and then what the income was in like 10 other countries and, and probably the last one was India. Or, and the, it was just tens of thousands of dollars a year difference. It was unbelievably different. In other words, a lot of people live with very little means. But God is just as concerned that they get saved. He's no more concerned to save an American than he is a person in any person, any, any place in the country any place in the world, any place. I think God has compassion on children who are born into a, a, a family, who live in a village, who live in a country that Jesus has never talked about. I believe God wants that resolved. That's why He sent us. And, and I believe that's why the rapture hadn't already happened, because He's given us time, given the church time to get, get the gospel to another 100,000, to another 100,000 villages, to another, the Lord wants to get everybody the opportunity to take advantage of what He did for us on the cross. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for serving us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Would you stand with me, please? Oh, how He loves you and me. He gave His life. What more could He give? Oh, how He loves you. Oh, how He loves me.
me. Lord, as we hold these communion elements in our hand that mean so much to us because of what they signify, because of what they represent, we know how true it is that you did give your body to be broken and your blood to be shed so that a covenant between us and God, a new covenant that provides us forgiveness, that provides us new life, that provides for us to be in your family and our name written in the book of life. Lord, these elements represent the truth, the reality that exists, that, that proves how much you love each of us. Would you also, Lord, give us a heart of compassion that sees the many people around the world and around our community and maybe in our own family who you love just as much as you love us, but you haven't had the opportunity to be in rich relationship with them. The door has been closed by perhaps the, what they were taught while they were growing up. Maybe they were taught you were not the Savior. Lord, you are the Savior. That was a lie. That was, the, that was a mistruth. May, may your church be used to correct it, Lord. May we get to those people that you love with, with our, every one of us doing the Great Commission, every one of us believing we can, we are available to you, and you will put the words in our mouth, and you will create the relationships through which we can communicate the message of your love to people who you love just as much as you love us. Lord, help us to, to get that and take that home with us today, that you love them just as much as you love us. Yes, you're angry at sin because you're angry at what it's doing to that person that you love. You're, you're angry about the, the enemy destroying their life and killing their life and trying to steal from them eternal life when you've already bought and paid for their, their spiritual resurrection and their eternal life with you. Lord, help us to see how much you love them just as much as you love us. May we, may we be driven by your love for them, Lord, to a conversation a conversation that we're going to thoroughly enjoy, that we look forward to having as you speak your love through us, as you show somebody how much you love and care through somebody else you've already resurrected into new life by the new covenant. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you take the bread in your hand? The Bible says that he broke, he broke it. And then he told them to eat it. This is my body, which is broken for you. Lord, it's in remembrance of you. Your body was broken for us. We believe in Jesus' name. Shall we eat together? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord, may, may somebody get to know that. Somebody get to know that through my life. May somebody get to know that, Lord, through each one of our lives. God, we want to get to heaven with, with them by our side. <laughs> we want to get to heaven and celebrate forever. 
that you, your body was broken for them too. God, we pray you'll help us reach into the, into the fire and rescue the perishing. Help us to have the same kind of compassion for them and love for them and care and concern for them that you have for us in Jesus' name. And he took the cup and he said, this cup is the New Testament sealed. <laughs> the new covenant enforced through his blood that he spilled for us. Lord, we drink it in faith. It's yours. It's your promise to us. We agree in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Oh, how he loves you and me. Yes, he does. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for speaking to us, even by a gift of the Spirit, to confirm your message to us today. I pray that for the rest of our lives, we'll have the eyes of your love seeing through our eyes how much you love the people. That in so many ways, it seems like the devil's got them and he's going to He's, he's going to have them all the way. Lord, we pray that you'll defy the odds. We pray, Lord, that, that they will not perish as it looks, as it seems as though they will. People in our family, would you teach us to weep for them? Would you take us to a place of prayer where, we, where our hearts weep and weep and groan for them? And Lord, may the Spirit of God provide a way that they will not perish, but that they will have everlasting life by believing in this covenant <laughs> that we celebrated this morning, Jesus provided for us. If only we will believe, if only we will trust. Thank you, Lord, for the Great Commission, every single part of it. We embrace it and pray that you will fulfill it through each of our lives in a glorious and wonderful way. For your glory and for your pleasure, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you're going to get to shake hands with some people God loves a lot on the way out. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> mm -hmm.